بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ما بعد respected elders dear brothers and sisters my young friends السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Imagine that you come here for Jumaa, you're driving into the parking lot and you see a Lamborghini pull in. And a man steps out, or maybe a woman, and he is well dressed. MashaAllah, he is wearing, you know, very crisp looking name brand clothing looking very sharp, well-groomed. And he's coming inside for Jumu'ah, and you look at him, and most probably you say, MashaAllah. At the same time, another person arrives. And this person is in a run-down minivan. It's rusted. And he steps out. And he's looking weary. His hair is a bit messy, you know, looks like a rolled out bed on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Clothes are a bit wrinkly and out of the ordinary. And you see both of these people, both of, both of these individuals coming in for salah, and they both grab your attention. If we honestly ask ourselves, will we be looking at both of these individuals in the same way? What do we feel about them? What do we feel the same about each? Now depending on your perspective, depending on your attitude, you may be impressed, you may be wowed by the rich man. You may think, MashaAllah, he is so successful and you know, he's clearly been, uh, you know, been fortunate. And he's coming for Jama'ah, mashaAllah. You may look at the other person and you may be repulsed. You may be unimpressed. You may think that he is uncivilized. You may think that he is backward. Or perhaps you may feel something in your heart about the rich man. You may feel jealous of the rich one. And you may feel sympathetic towards the poor person. Or perhaps you may feel angry and dismissive towards the one who is wealthy. You may think, you know, what a show off. Why does he need to bring his Lamborghini for Jama'ah? What is he trying to say? Right? Or he's wasting his money. You know, he spent so much money on this Lamborghini instead of you to give it to our project, we would be so much closer to building a masjid by now. You know? And you may think that mashallah, the poor man, you know, he's living so simply. And you may feel good for him. But these are just some examples. These are things, thoughts that may go through our minds and what may, we may feel. Why? Because as human beings, we judge. We judge even if we don't need to, even if we're not supposed to. But we judge, it's sort of like a part of our nature. And the first impression, they say, is built within the first few seconds. 
of seeing someone or interacting with someone or seeing something. And we judge on what is apparent. Now the Prophet ﷺ had a person who passed by. The hadith goes, مَرَّ رَجُلٌ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَقَالَ لِرَجُلٍ عِنْدَهِ So he said, he asked, to the per- he asked the person, the man who was sitting with him, فَقَالَ لِرَجُلٍ عِنْدَهُ جَالِسٍ مَا رَأَيْكَ فِي هَذَا What do you think of this man who just passed by? What is your opinion of him? So the individual, the companion who was sitting with the Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِّنَ أَشْرَافِ النَّاسِ Right, that he is one of the noble persons. He is of nobility. هَذَا وَاللَّهِ حَرِيٌّ إِنْ خَتَبًا يُنْكَحَ وَإِنْ شَفَعًا يُشَفَعًا That by Allah, if he proposes marriage, if he proposes marriage, this person who passed by, he deserves to get married. And if he intercedes, if he steps in for someone, if he intercedes, his intercession deserves to be accepted. فَسَكَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, remained quiet. He didn't say anything. ثُمَّ مَرَّ الرَّجُلٌ آخر. Then another person passed by. And again the Prophet asked, مَا رَأْيُكَ فِي هَذَا What do you think of this person? What do you think about this man? So he said, فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هَذَا رَجُلٌ مِّنْ فُقَرَاءِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ this, he is one of the poor Muslims. This person who has passed by, the second person. He is one of the fuqara, he is one of the poor Muslims. In khataba Allah yunkah, if he proposes marriage, if he proposes marriage, he does not deserve to get married, he's not going to get married. When shafa'a Allah and if he intercedes, his intercession does not deserve to be accepted, it's not going to be accepted. And if he speaks, وَإِنْ قَالَ أَلَّا يُسْمَعَ لِقَوْلِهِ If he speaks, he does not deserve to be heard, he's not someone who's going to be heard. So this was the judgment that was taken from what was apparent. That the first person, if he, deserve, if he proposes, he will get married, no problems. If he intercedes, people will listen to him, his opinion will be valued. Whereas the second person, he's one of the fuqara, he's one of the poor people. The society is such that, you know, if he is to speak, likely no one's going to listen to him. If he proposes, no one's going to be interested in marrying him. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ هَذَا خَيْرٌ مِّن مِلْءِ الْأَرْضِ مِثْلَ هَذَا Prophet ﷺ said, this one, meaning the second one, the second individual who passed by, who does not seem to be of a high status is better than an earthful of men like the first one. He is better. Right? And this is something the Prophet ﷺ knew perhaps about the individual or was told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that his state, his overall state is such that he is better not compared to just one of the other type but he is better than an earthful of the first type. So looks can be deceiving. But on the other hand, the Prophet ﷺ said, and we have mentioned this hadith before, that لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر. And that he who has in his heart 
even an ant's weight or an iota of arrogance will not enter Jannah, will not enter paradise. And this is something very serious that we should always keep in mind. But the Prophet ﷺ said, a person whose heart has even an iota, even an ant's weight, even a speck of arrogance will not enter into Jannah. So someone asked, and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they wanted to learn, they wanted to know, so they asked. Someone asked that there is a, if a person likes to wear beautiful clothes and beautiful shoes, meaning he likes to dress well, what about that? So the Prophet wasallam replied and he said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَمِيلٌ يُحِبُّ الْجَمَالِ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, verily, Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. And arrogance, kibr means, batarul haqqi wa ghamtun nas, means ridiculing and rejecting the truth and despising people. So this is the type of arrogance we are talking about. That is going to prohibit a person from entering into Jannah. An arrogance which leads to ridiculing and rejecting the truth and despising people. Someone else once approached the Prophet ﷺ and asked, what if someone likes that his clothing and his shoes are beautiful? Similar type of question. The Prophet ﷺ replied, That Allah loves to see the effects of His grace upon His servant. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed someone, Allah loves to see this person making permissible and legitimate use of the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to that person. From, from, so from both of these, or all three of these narrations, we learn that just because a person is dressing well or looking good, it doesn't mean necessarily that this person is arrogant. And on the other hand, just because a person is looking that way, it doesn't necessarily mean that he or she is a good person in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and vice versa as well. So Allah azza wa jalla does not base His decision, His judgment, His opinion of people based on wealth or on beauty or on skin color or height or weight or looks or ethnicity or lineage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give any significance or regard to these things. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَادِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ That verily Allah does not look at your bodies, does not look to your bodies nor your appearance. وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ But he looks to your hearts and he pointed towards the heart with his fingers. Now of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see. He can see everything. But what this means is that He does not take into consideration these other factors as deciding factors. What you look like, what your body is like, and all of these other things that we normally pay attention to are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not pay regard to. That's not what is going to be used to judge an individual by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is going to be used as the standard, as the test, is the state of the heart. So what is in the hearts 
and the actions. These are the basis of consideration. These are the deciding factors. And our spiritual heart, which every single one of us has, is the control center. This is what controls our actions, our feelings, our thoughts, our attitudes. So the Prophet ﷺ has told us, أَلَا إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْغَةِ Beware, in the body there is a flesh. إِذَا صَلُحَتْ صَلُحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ If it is sound, the whole body is sound. It's good, it's pure. وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ And if it is corrupt, the whole body is corrupt. أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ And behold, it is the heart. It is the heart and this means the spiritual heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ That the most honorable, the best, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the person who has the highest level of taqwa. And as we know, taqwa resides in the heart. So a person could be rich, a person could be wealthy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have blessed this individual through halal means, of income and this person may be spending in moderation according to the wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him or her with spending on him or herself and their family without pride without arrogance without looking down towards others and expressing the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this person could have a pure heart and could be very close to Allah azza wa jalla on the other hand, a person could be pure, uh, could be poor rather, may not have the means, may be trying to live his or her, trying to do his or her best, living simply, not preoccupied with looks, not preoccupied with superficiality, and could have a halt heart of gold, a heart filled with taqwa, with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And apparently this person may not appear to be very successful in terms of their life, but in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this person may be very successful. There could be a person who does not look, does not appear to be very practicing, but could be undergoing great struggle to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This person could have a heart that is filled with sincerity and filled with humility, recognizing that what I'm doing is not right, recognizing that I am not perfect, I have lots of work to do to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I want to do it, and I want to strive. And this person can be very, very sincere, it may not appear to be so, they may not appear to be very practicing when you actually look at them. Or they could be a person who appears to be very religious, or very, very practicing outwardly, but this may just be on the outside. And inside, the heart could be filled with arrogance, with animosity, with jealousy, and various diseases of the heart. Or similarly, a person may be appearing very practicing and may actually be a person who has a very pure heart. The point is that we do not know the state of the heart. Allah Azza wa Jalla is the one who judges. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, as He says, Allahu alimun bidhatis sudur. He is all aware of what lies in the hearts. So the lesson is, never judge a book 
by its cover. I'll give you a short story. I was traveling in the past few days. I was driving on the 401. It's time for Maghrib. So we stopped at en route. So we'll offer our Maghrib salah. And the parking lot was quite full. It was a travel weekend. So I said, okay, let's go into the section where the trucks park because there seems to be more space there. So we went there, parked towards the side, towards the curb, beside a parking spot, started offering my Maghrib Salah. The truck pulls in. I finish my Maghrib Salah, I go, I sit back in the car. My family's telling me, oh yeah, you know, this truck came. It appears he wasn't very happy, this truck driver that you were offering your Salah here. I said, well, I'm not taking anything away. There's plenty of space, so, you know, whatever. It's okay, alhamdulillah. So I'm sitting in my car, and my wife is now offering Salah. And I see the truck driver comes out of the truck. And he's walking around the truck. So I said, okay, he's just checking, inspecting his truck. He's wearing a, a shirt. It's called a wife beater. Okay? It's not supposed to be used for that, but it's called a wife beater. Anyway, he's wearing that. And he has shorts, army fatigue shorts. You know, so he's walking around looking at his truck. I said, okay. Then so he starts coming towards the car. So my daughter's like, well, you know, he's coming. I said, okay. Like, what can I do? I'm just reciting Quran. So he comes up, and I see, okay, he's coming closer now. He's outside the door. So I said, what am I going to do, right? Like, I'm going to roll down the window. So I said, okay, whatever he's going to say, let's see. Bismillah. So I roll down the window. And he says, Assalamu alaikum. I said, wa alaikum assalam. He's like, oh, mashallah, you're offering Maghrib. Yeah, I saw you. Alhamdulillah. So, you know, I just wanted to say salam. Having a long drive. You know, I was like, oh, where are you coming from? He said, I'm coming from Iowa, going to Kingston. I was like, oh, mashallah, you know, there's a masjid there as well. Anyway, I just wanted to say salam. Assalamu alaikum. Yes. Right. So, lesson again. Never judge a book by its cover. Because you never know the reality of a person by what you see. Now, sometimes, sometimes, you know, we need to judge for certain reasons. So, of course, with regards to safety, awareness, you have to be aware of, you know, what's going on. Someone's coming towards your car or whatever. So, of course, you have to be alert. Or for things like marriage or positions of trust or business dealings with someone, if you're about to get into a business deal with someone or you're about to propose to someone or you're about to give a position to someone or nominate someone or vote for someone, then, yes, we need to judge and we judge by what is apparent. And what are the things we go by? We go by character. We go by level of practice. And we, even though we're not in the position to be the ultimate judge, we go by what we hear about the person from others, from trustworthy people. We go by what we see in terms of actions and in terms of the aspects of taqwa which can be apparent. Otherwise, if we don't need to, if there's no need, then we leave the judgment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we assume the best of everyone. As one of our salaf, one of our early pious persons said that if you see someone from amongst your friends doing something, right, and something questionable, something that makes you think negatively about them, give them 70 excuses. Right? This is often mentioned as a hadith, but it's actually not a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Give 70 excuses. So if you see someone doing something and you think this is something... You know, you feel bad about them. Or you feel, you feel, get some negative thoughts. Give them 70 excuses. And 70, as you know, in Arabic is used for kathra, for, for, for much. Right? Not necessarily specific to the number 70. And he says that if you're not able to do so, if your heart is not able to do so, 
then realize that the problem is with you. So if I see someone, right, and I see something which makes me doubt a person's intentions, makes me think negatively about them, I should dig, dig, dig deep in my heart and mind and find them 70 excuses that perhaps this person is doing it for this reason. Perhaps he or she is doing it for that reason. Perhaps they had a misunderstanding. Perhaps they mean well, but they have been misinformed. Perhaps they were raised in a certain way and that's why they're doing this. Perhaps they have had certain experiences and this is why they're doing this. Whatever it is, find as many excuses as you can. And if you're not able to find excuses, what does he say? He says, realize that the problem is, the issue is with your heart. So my brothers and sisters, we should always think positively of people. We should always give people the benefit of the doubt. We should always try to avoid judging others unless we absolutely need to do so. And our focus should be on improving our heart and our actions. And this is what really matters. Because if we have a good heart, you know, a lot of times people say, yes, I have a good heart, and that's all that matters. No, but the good heart, a truly good heart will beautify us in every way. A truly good heart will beautify us in every way. We will follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will lead us closer to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It will lead us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will lead us to beautiful speech and beautiful conduct. So instead of worrying about the hearts of others, and the actions of others, our focus should always be on ourselves, and on improving ourselves and increasing our level of taqwa, increasing our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that should not just be limited to the heart, that should then manifest itself in our actions, in the way we conduct ourselves. Similarly, an ugly, a diseased heart will also show its effects. It will lead a person to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be very arrogant about it, to go against the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. will lead a person further and further away from Allah azza wa jal and will lead to poisonous and harmful speech and conduct. So the aim for our heart should be that we want a heart that is free from rancor, from jealousy, from anger, from enmity, from conceitful pride, and instead is loved, is filled with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the love for anything that is associated with Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the love for fellow believers, the love and care, sincere concern for our fellow human beings, filled with goodness and kindness and softness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this type of heart. May Allah azza wa jal purify our hearts from all type of diseases. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the people of goodness inside and on the outside. Ameen wa Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Just very, uh, two very brief announcements. So inshallah tomorrow is uh, Eid Fun Day at Carter's Corner, organized by the KMA. Uh, details are on our website. 